Welcome in to a new episode of In the Heat of the Fight, part of the Heated Waves Network, new MMA segment. I've got my, it's your boy Jay Bones, first of all. I've got my two good co-hosts, Mr. J Mac. Hey everybody, how you doing tonight? And Mr. T-Ball. Hey guys, good to be here. We're going to kick it off with some interesting weight class news, T-Ball. Yeah, apparently the 125-pound weight class division, the flyweight division, um, apparently they are dissolving that division. Um, they are keeping a select few fighters. The rest are getting a pink slip, uh, while those selected are forced to move to the bantamweight division if they so choose. Um, in other talks, um, there's a 165-pound weight class being developed, I guess being called the super lightweight. Um, you guys have any takes on this, or what's going on over there with these two weight classes? Personally, I'm super excited. I was never really a big fan of the little guys anyway. Demetrius Johnson, they built this entire weight class around him. He's this long-standing champion. He just never gained much popularity at all. Nobody buy the pay-per-views. Just I didn't really care. I don't know. And he fucking um, demolished everybody he ever fought, basically. <laughs> his last yeah, fight. but... I would much rather see a 165 weight class. That's like a, I would say like the more natural weight of most like average guys oh, walking around. And I think that's going to be your most talent rich division. That's going to be Since like, got ahead, such a big jump between um, 170 to 185. Um, and then, you know, you go lower. It's just going to open up a lot more possibilities for, for super fights, for, for everything really. I'm, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of those guys are going to send out anyways because, I mean, how many people are in that division? That division can't be that big. The little guys? Yeah, the flyweight There's division? 26 athletes in that division. Really? Mm-hmm. And how much more do they have to weigh to come in at that uh, that Bantamweight division? If they're if these guys are fighting at 125, because it's 116 to 125, right? They're fighting at in the flyweight. And it should be like 126 to 135 or something like that. For the bantamweight. Yeah. Okay. That's what I assume. So I would assume a lot of those guys are going to be, like I said, forced to move up, according to the UFC or the UFC rumors. And a lot of those guys are obviously going to be like, hey, good luck somewhere else. And which I would assume people are going to start going, you know, Bellator the other fight leagues that are out there and probably creating yep. divisions out there if if they don't have those divisions already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, it's either there or somewhere else. If they're not going to have you there, then it's going to be Bellator, 1FC, or one of the one of the newer, smaller organizations that uh, has to have some fighters. I mean, everybody's got to have a, a home to fight somewhere. Yeah. Now, Jay Bones, um, when you're looking at some of these guys that are in this flyweight division at the 125-pound weight class, um, if the rumor is true and they're keeping a select few and some are getting a pink slip, who do you think they'd keep in that division? Man, that's a good question. Um, obviously, you've got the champion, um, Henry Cejudo. So he's going to move up and fight TJ Dillashaw. Other than that, boy. Joseph Benavidez. Yeah, I'm having a hard time coming up with anybody, really. Uh, there's Joseph Benavidez, there's Ryan Benoit, Jared Brooks, Jordan Espinosa, Jose uh, Formega. There's, I mean, there's there's a few guys, but, uh, I mean, shit. There's 75 fighters in the uh, in the bantamweight division, so, I mean, you can only 
take on so many more. So does that mean you think if they're going to be moving some of these other guys into that Bantamweight division that they're going to kind of dissolve some those other guys that are in there kind of try to dissolve out into another weight class as well? I mean, that's honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing it more towards how they had boxing originally to where there was weight classes every like five to ten pounds for everything. I, I mean – some like some of the weight classes, like whenever you get to the light heavyweight to heavyweight, that's two hundred and five pounds is the maximum for a light heavyweight, but a heavyweight can be two hundred and fifty five pounds. So if you have a guy that can't make it to two hundred five pounds, two sixty five. I mean, I'm sorry, two sixty five. Um, so if you got a guy that can't make it to like he only he can only cut down to like two fifteen or so, and he cannot cut down to that two hundred five region, he's going to be so much undersized with all these other humongous Francis Aganos and shit like that, like. Alistair Overeem, like those guys are cutting weight to make the limit, and yeah. like it's they they need to have like a two twenty five or like a two fifteen, and then like a two forty five, and then like a super heavyweight or like something like that as well. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad to see a bunch more weight classes, to be totally honest. Um, but that's, I mean, it's, if it's going to take this long to get one out and one new one in, then who knows how long it'll take to get a bunch more in, but. It's for the fighter's benefit, in my opinion, not having to cut as much weight and not having to like, – yeah. some of that shit's scary seeing some of these people going away and in and not being able to walk or, like, the they're having to, like, take their clothes off and stuff like that to make the weight, and they can barely even stand to take their own clothes off or put them back on or anything like that. And I just right. – I mean, when is it worth – like, when is the juice worth the squeeze, you know? Like, I mean, it, how much of a toll is this taking on your body and your brain and stuff like that that people aren't really thinking about that – you're dehydrating the fuck out of yourself to where you literally like you're you're killing yourself. You're literally killing yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think I just, it's only a matter of time before the UFC adopts a, a similar thing to like um, what is it one FC where Ben Askren come from? Yeah. They don't even cut weight over there. Right. So they um take like hydration level tests yeah. and they get like your normal healthy weight. And you have to be in every, that's what everybody fights at. Class. You have to yeah you yeah. have to you have to be in a certain percentage of the weight that you weigh in at throughout the entire camp, throughout everything. Like you, you have to stay within the parameters of your weight class. Otherwise you're not allowed to fight. I love that. Um, and it's like Frankie Edgar was the ultimate guy that always kind of fought <coughs> at his natural weight. And he was always a world beater um, until all these other oversized guys come started coming in and really started kind of manhandling him later on in his career. I mean, fighting at your natural weight weight class, you don't have to worry about like there, there's a point where like you you start to tax your body so much. There's like diminishing returns. Like you can only get so much out of it before you start hurting your body because you're trying to overtrain so hard and stuff like that to to, to cut the weight and yeah, how much like power and stamina are you sacrificing whenever you're dehydrating yourself hours before you go weigh in. You know, I don't know. I think it would just make for better, more entertaining fights if people didn't have to do that and they could just work on their training and that's it. Well, let's move on to this 165-pound weight class. I guess that's going to be called the super lightweight division. Um, what do you guys think about this new 165? Like I said before, I love it. You're going to have a bunch of stellar names fighting at a more natural weight class for them. We're talking about guys like uh, Gunnar, Gunnar Nelson, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, RDA. Um, Khabib, you're looking at Kevin Lee, looking at Michael Chiesa, Jorge Masvidal, Cowboy Oliveira, maybe, um, Tony Ferguson, Yancey Medeiros, Nate Diaz. 
Everybody's favorite, Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting. Apparently, some apparently Dana White. Great names, yeah. Some great names in that division. Um, but, yeah, apparently Dana White doesn't agree too much. Uh, quote, we have enough weight classes. Uh, we want to keep it simple. 175 pounds and 155 pound guys are going to start thinning out and moving to that 165 division. So it's going to hurt those two divisions. And apparently, yeah, he doesn't like it so much. He, he He's not a big fan of it. And apparently he said this back at the beginning of October. Yeah, but he also said that he wasn't a fan of women's MMA. Hmm. Look, so, look how much money yeah. that made him. I don't, I don't really – I only fucking trust a small percentage of what Mr. White says when he's in an interview. Really? Personally. I don't know. He's just been one to change his mind over the years. So this sounds – this weight division sounds like that, <laughs> that super fight, you know, division. Where every championship fight is usually on a UFC card on pay-per-views, usually at the 165 super lightweight division. And then you see less fights and, you know, the lightweight or whatever's in between that. See, I'm, I'm fine with that. If that means the fighters are fighting at their more natural weight, I'm fine with that. I don't care what the name of the class is that they're fighting in as long as it's more natural to them. I don't, I mean, doesn't matter to me if it's a featherweight or a bantamweight or whatever, as long as they're fighting and fighting at their full potential, that's what I want to see. I just want to see fighters fighting at their full potential instead of having, wasting everything during training and then seeing what they have left for the fight. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because nobody goes into it 100%. yeah, I think it would just I think it would be better just for overall quality. You got a new division which means a new title holder which means new super fights which means new. You know how the UFC loves handing out belts. This a new belt is I, I I disagree with Dana on that one. I think um I think it opens up a lot more possibilities and will open you up for a lot more better options. I agree. I would probably make more money off of it because I would assume the more divisions you have, the more you know people you have watching, um, or more fans you can obtain, or I guess you know have a more steady basis of fighter to fan ratio. Does that make sense? To where like you have more fighters, therefore you have more people liking this champion, this champion instead of oh these four guys because they're those are the four main. You know, divisions, and yeah. those are really the only people I like. There's, I don't know, there's over over 500 athletes in the UFC. Like, there's plenty of love to go around. I don't, I don't see what chopping up the, like, for, for, to me, it's just you're chopping up one pie different ways. Like, it's still one pie either way you look at it, you know? I mean, That's for, for me, it's, it doesn't really necessarily matter. Like I, like I said, where the fighters are fighting in what class, as long as they're still fighting, as long as they're still you know, as healthy as possible. I think we'll see a uh, a lot better fights if, if, if they were to make, like, one FC rules to where they had to stay within certain percentage of their uh, natural body weight. Hmm. Oh, well, let's get to last night's fights. UFC, what was it? Adelaide. In Australia, eh? 
Boy, tough night for the Aussies. Mm. Old uh, in the main event. Well, we'll start with the main event and go backwards. Uh, we had Tai Tuivasa taking on the former champ Junior Dos Santos, and um, I thought Tai looked good. Actually, I thought he um, came out strong, came out aggressive, landed some good shots, maybe even slightly wobbled Junior until he got caught himself, got caught with a big counter, went down. Mm. Um, JDS mounted him, and that was all she wrote for Tai. After that, he couldn't couldn't get up he said himself after the fight he felt like a turtle that had fallen on his back and couldn't get up and uh mm. yeah i guess uh herb stepped in and he'd seen enough and give jds the tko there in round two the co-main light heavyweight bout between the former champ shogun hua and tyson pedro was also a good fight i thought tyson came out strong as well landed some big mm. shots in the first man i thought had him on the ropes i thought but um, Shogun, being the wily veteran that he was, withstood it and came back, I guess, uh, came out with a flurry in the third. And it looked like, uh, oh, I couldn't uh, tell, but it looked like maybe Tyson fucked up his knee. Yeah, yeah, that's but, what I was going to say. Uh, it looked like uh, they, they were saying on the on the fight that uh, maybe he did something to his ankle because he was wearing that uh, brace on his ankle. But then after the fight was over, ish, like you could see him pointing to his knee, his right knee. Uh, and you could see right beforehand, uh, right before he did take those shots, he uh, was kind of backing up towards the, the octagon at the cage, and he, his knee kind of buckles. And the guys that are calling the fight are like, oh, what, what, what was that, you know? And then that shot comes in, and his knee really buckled. Like, the first shot didn't really get him, but all the ground and pound did, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I think Tyson Pedro hurt his knee, blew something, maybe an ACL or something like that in the fight because – Now, was this just moving around or from a, a strike or did I, you guys see it? That part I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it looked like he was just moving around, bouncing around, and then you just take one funky step and bang. And you think it, caught up, it cost him a fight? I mean, yeah. He, um, he, he got – it was that and he got caught. So yeah. he did get caught, yeah. went down, and then – Got hit. I thought he was doing a pretty decent job of covering up, actually. But yeah, I mean, Shogun was laying it on him pretty thick. Man, you, you, so you yeah, can't really I mean, argue with the stop. With the amount of hours that Shogun's put into that position, it's going to be incredibly difficult to work your way out of it, especially with a blown knee. And, and not touched to on me. it a bit before Mark Hunt versus Justin Willis in, uh, I guess, the fight before the co-main. Boy, it's tough to see Mark Hunt. Uh, I guess kind of go out of the UFC like that. Um, I thought he came out. He looked pretty good in the first. I thought he, I gave him the first round. Actually, landed some pretty good kicks. Um, looked looked like he was on his way to me, but um, Willis just kept peppering him with that jab, that lead jab. He just couldn't take an answer for it. Hunt just kept loading up, kept loading up, looking for the big kill shot. Just never came. Lost a pretty easy decision um, yeah. in my eyes. They said like, that he just—it was his. Go ahead. I was gonna say they said that he just kind of ran around the octagon and just ran right into the jab of Willis the entire fight. He just didn't really have. They said that he looked like he didn't have an answer for that, and said that they didn't even know if he really wanted to try to come up with an answer to that being his last fight in the UFC. They're like, maybe he just says that's what it looked it, like to me as well. He's just kind of like, eh, yeah, well, fuck it. You yeah. win some, you lose some, and I can see Mark Hunt's been in so many wars, like. He don't fucking care about his record. I, I guarantee he does not care about his record. He's proved. He's proved. Uh, uh, 
he's Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, sure. absolutely. Now, Mark Hunt does retire after UFC Fight Night 142 loss by unanimous decision to Justin Willis. What is well, to stop you real quick, I don't think he retired. He never officially retired, but it was his last fight in the UFC. So yeah, he's basically a free right, agent now. Right. I know yeah. he's got a big following in Japan. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe move over to Ryzen or 1FC or something I wouldn't, like that. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised to do, if he started to do something like uh, uh, Josh Barnett and did some kind of like uh, wrestling or something as well. Well, he's more of a striker than a wrestler. He, I know oh, he's a he, kickboxer. Absolutely, but, but he would be a great heel in like the wrestling scene too. Oh, I see. So you're talking like WWF or something? Yeah, I mean, and it's not like necessarily. It's more like catch wrestling and stuff like that. But they they kind of have their own like style of wrestling that they go to. It's not like it's not big time WWE or whatever. But they do their own different style of wrestling as well. That uh, like over in Japan, I don't know. Like, I could definitely see him in like Risen or something like that as well. But uh, I'm just, he, he's definitely gonna have options. Like there. He's a huge name and a huge draw, and people want to see him perform no matter what he does, I'm sure. So, so he and does I, have a future outside of the U.S. Oh, he'll be all right. Yeah. He he he's wrote a book and stuff as well. So, I mean, he – I mean, he's he's got he, – he knows he has to do other things than just fight. You know, I mean, and if he does fight for a while longer, that's fine, but he'll be all right either way. He could be a commentator or something like that as well. But he'd have – doesn't get along with the UFC at all, so he wouldn't be one for the UFC, I'm sure. What was the next uh, fight after that, J-Bo? Jake Matthews versus Tony Martin? Yeah, the old Aussie boy, Jake Matthews. He fights on just about every single um, Australia card. I've seen him a few times myself. And I actually tipped him to win this one. I thought he uh, was getting the better of Rocco Martin there in the first. Um, dropped him with a shot, tried to jump on him. Um, then they kind of, I don't know, got in a bit of an exchange Matthews went down. I couldn't tell if he caught a knee or if he just slipped or something, but Martin got him down and in a bit of a scramble, um, what did he put him in an anaconda choke and um, put him to sleep? Uh, the ref was in a bit of a funny position. Couldn't even tell Rocco's telling the ref, hey, uh, he's he's out, he's out. <laughs> the guy, the ref lifts his, his arm up and then stops the fight. Yeah. And um, yeah, put, put Matthews to sleep. Decent fight, decent scrap, back and forth, but yeah, just got caught. Tough, tough break for Jake. Yeah, the other fights um, uh, for the Aussie guys, uh, Mokhtarian got caught. He was getting blitzed up against the cage. Maybe a bit of an early stoppage. He was pretty upset with the ref after that one, but he was also getting pretty lit up. Um, The only good news for the Aussies was Jim Crute won his debut. He beat Paul Craig. Um, put him in a pretty nasty Kimura with uh, about 10 seconds left in the fight. Desperation Kimura, but he locked him in there tight. He was grinding him down pretty good. He was on his way to winning a decision, but lucky uh, for the fans got to see at least uh, one of the Aussie boys. Well, should we look ahead to the next one? I guess we're looking at UFC 231, Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Are we also looking at the Anderson Silva fight? Well, Anderson's going to fight um, Adesanya, and that won't be, uh, what is that, 233, I think? 234? February 10th. 234. Yeah, there you go. I know it's in February. That one's in Melbourne. Yeah. Dana White actually I'm offered saying. Anderson Silva the title shot uh, with, the, with the Israel Adesanya win. 
who is 15-0 in MMA and 4-0 in the U.S. Stylebender. Yeah, that'll be a good fight. Stylebender's the big favorite, um, kind of the young buck versus the old buck in that one. So I reckon Stylebender can take him. Um, I, I would say so. Love that <laughs> cocky fucking style of Anderson standing there with your hands down. That's not good out. when you don't have a chin anymore, though. You throw some yeah, crazy try shit. that shit against Stylebender, and he's going to put you to sleep. So who do you got in that fight uh, between Anderson Silva and Adesanya? I'm going to take... I'm gonna take Adesanya. I like uh, the young striker. Um, I don't think uh, um, Anderson's wrestling. He, his jujitsu is pretty good. He is top shelf jujitsu player, but he's he loves to stand there and strike too much. I think uh, he's gonna keep it on the feet and he's mm. gonna lose a striking match against Izzy. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say too. He's got. He's definitely got the grappling advantage. Uh, if he gets to like a clinch or something like that, I could see him throwing some really, really mean knees or something along those lines. If he takes one down, he's got the jits. But uh, he he's likes, got some height and some length on uh, He's 6'2 so or 6'3. Adesanya's not small either, though. Adesanya's but, tall and lanky. Yeah. He's uh, pretty long. He might, he, might, he might be a bit taller than Anderson. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Anderson likes to fight with those hands down. And, yeah, Stylebender likes to fucking wreck folk. So, uh, Well, before we get too far ahead, what do you guys think of uh, the next one, Ortega Holloway? Who do you, who do you like in, the, in that main event there for the featherweight title? I mean, Holloway's the champion. Jerome Holloway. Holloway's the champion, 19-3, and three, beat pretty much, you know, all the top names. The Ortega, 13-0. and 0. He's also kind of cleaned up the division in his own right, though. I, he's marched through everybody they put in front of him. Um, personally, I love T-City. I've been watching him since he was a prelim fighter. I, he's so exciting. I think he had a run there where he had three or four third-round finishes in a row in fights where he might have even been that's, down. That's true. I remember you talking about him a long-ass time ago with like bets that you made on him and shit like that where you were like so yeah. close with how the fight was going and then like desperation won. Yeah, he's great. I, I love T-City. I'll be rooting him on again. So hopefully he can take down Holloway. He's got some nasty, nasty jiu-jitsu. Maybe the best jiu-jitsu in the game, really. Max Holloway is good and, as fuck, um, though, too. You cannot sleep on Max Holloway. That's true, but... Ortega's got a chin. He's got some sharp striking as well. He threw that knee on, um, um, what's his name, Clay Guida. Yeah. Um, he threw that uppercut on. Um, Clay Guida still um, fights? Yeah, he's still around. Yeah. Wow. He, uh, How is he not knocked around? out Frankie with the uppercut. He's like, he's legit. He took Frankie off I love Ortega. Frankie Edwards? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's not saying much nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say it's going to be a really good fight. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I've been I've been a Holloway fan since he was like on prelim. So like I can see like they both came up through the ranks. They both fought the who's who. Like it's going to be a fantastic fight. I don't think it's going to be a clear cut win either way. Going to be back and forth. Uh, but uh, T City, like fuck, man, he is no joke. Cannot fuck with T City's triangles either. So who knows? True, calling T City for a reason, right? Triangle City, baby. And then in the, in the co-main, you've got the women's flyweight um, Valentina Shevchenko is taking on Joanna Janjacek in there. I guess what does this be their third time? Yeah, didn't they fight a couple of times in kickboxing? It, so or they, they fought once. I, I think didn't they fight once in the UFC already? Isn't this a rematch? 
I don't, I'm not sure. I know Joanna's only two losses in MMA have been to Rose. So she's 15 and two. Valentina's 15 and three. So let me get a quick. But I thought they were different weight classes and now they're meeting um, in this new weight class. Isn't that right? Who, who was? I thought Valentina was a bit bigger than Joanna. That that actually seems right. Who? Yeah. Now, who was the other Polish girl that that fought against Joanna? Uh, it might have been Carolina, right? Yeah, Carolina Kolkiewicz. Yeah, that's who it was. That's who I was thinking of, not Valentina. Yeah, Valentina didn't. Okay, so she's the she's the one that I was, uh, like her trainer got shot or something something like that, right? I don't know anything about that, but I think Valentina and Joanna have fought before, but it was before they were in the UFC. And I think maybe even a couple of times, I think Valentina's 2-0 against her. Looking her up. But, yeah, it'll it'll be a good fight either, either way. Melanie. Joanna coming off the back-to-back losses against Rhodes, you know she's pissed. She's going to be hungry. She's going to be coming in. Okay, so yeah, so she hasn't fought since those two back-to-back losses. Right. Okay, and then her return fight is against this Valentina girl. Yeah, essentially she has Muay Thai wins over. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Oh, so they have fought before. Okay. So what is she, what is Joanna uh, currently ranked right now? Says they're both the number like says they're both ranked number one, which I don't. I guess since she comes down from the other weight class, like she was the number one contender in the other weight class. Oh, okay. So so Joanna was one fifteen and. Um, Valentino's 135, right? So now they're going to meet for the... 125, it says. Well, they're going to meet at 125 for this flyweight title. Okay, and that makes sense. So Joanna's coming up and Valentina's coming down. Now, have you guys seen a lot of this Valentina girl? Oh, I've seen her a couple of times. Can she hang with Joanna? She is good. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's called the bullet. She, for good reason. I think I think though with Joanna putting on an extra ten pounds that might help her game as well though. Yeah, she was always one that struggled to make weight, so right. she ought to come in a bit healthier. She'll, she'll come in a bit stronger. Yeah. She'll still have her speed, I believe, but she'll just be throwing some bigger hands. That's what's up. We've got Cowboy Oliveira versus Gunnar Nelson. Don't Cowboy Oliveira's been on a he's been on a roll. Um both 30 years old, um, both been around for a while. Cowboys, uh, 19 and five and Gunners 16 and three. So they're both similar records. It's ought to be a good fight. Um, I never really cared for Cowboy much. His old dancing, like shit always kind of got on my nerves, but he is a good fighter. Gunner Nelson. I can't remember much. Last thing I remember about him was him getting starched by Ponzinibbio. Yeah. He's just a um, submission specialist is all. It seems like he was so good, though, just not that long ago, running through everybody they put in front of him. Yeah, but it doesn't take long for that shit. Like, everybody catches up quick anymore. This is a really game. even matchup. This is, this is a tough one to call for me. I'll probably take Cowboy. I think I would lean that way as well. Um, we've got a light heavyweight matchup, Jim, Jimmy Manawa versus Tiago Santos. Two big, heavy-hitting boys there. That ought to be some fireworks. It looks no like doubt. it should be a fun fight. Yeah, that's not going to end in a decision, I'll bet. It's going night-night. <laughs> some heat, big old boys. <laughs> Somebody going night-night. Let's see, weighing in at 205. Well, it looks, six, like, one, six, two. It looks like Tiago's coming up from 185. 
and Jimmy Manoa is a two oh fiver. So looks I mean, that could be good for Tiago because he'll have a lot more power than he's used to, but might make him slow though. True. He might lose just a bit of his edge. Jimmy Manoa, he's kind of one of those guys that uh, a lot of people like count like like to count him out and he likes to surprise you. Uh and he's kind of gotten to where he's more of a not the underdog very often anymore because he's kind of proven a lot of people wrong with the seventeen and three record. I mean, you can. He's only... got some big power, but yeah. he's also. Uh, I've he's seen him a few him. times. He's he can get caught too. Remember when he I've seen him get Shogun? slept a couple of times? Yeah, oh. yeah, true. God damn. He just got filthy power, man. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun fight to watch. I picked Shogun to win in that fight against Jimmy Manoa too, and I was like, well. <laughs> Whoops. That was a bad choice. All right, what's the next fight? Um, last fight on the main card is Hakeem Duwadu against Kyle Bochniak. Don't know much about either guy. I've heard of Kyle before. Pretty tough. Never heard of um Hakeem. Yeah, I don't I don't, don't know, know anything, anything about, about him. Featherweight battle a couple of the little guys, so eight oh and one for Hakeem and eight three and oh for Kyle. I got my money on the guy in the blue corner. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to move on to uh, a little bit of outside the old UFC, some old vets, Tito and Liddell? Oh, man. <laughs> How sad was that? To catch that fight? It was ridiculous. Fight you- number three for them. The – the second that I knew that it was going to be absolutely terrible for Tito, I'm, I'm sorry, for uh, for Chuck, was other than the second that he actually signed a fight again, was whenever he released video of him training. Oh, my God. It was like you did the video in fucking half speed. Like, it was, he was moving so incredibly slow, and he used to have such fucking quickness and speed with his, with his power as well. Oh, um, God, man. God damn, did that demand Stiff. He just looked yeah, old. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. It was it sad. It looked yeah. like he had been out of the game for eight years and did nothing but age. <laughs> I mean, he didn't He didn't get any better. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I've always been an advocate of people taking time off to re, re, uh, replenish and, uh, you know, get their shit back. But, oh, my, that, that definitely was not the right answer. Uh, but, yeah, everybody was telling – that's the whole reason Dana took Chuck out of the fucking UFC to begin with. He was like, your chin's gone, buddy. You can't yeah. do it anymore. And yeah. he, he listened for eight, eight and a half, nine years. But, oh, man, that, that wasn't even that big of a shot by Tito. And, you know, like, oh, my God. If they would have like fought ten times in their heyday, I say Chuck would have won eight of them. Like, Chuck fucking just had Tito's number. The, the, the that fight where he fucking just got him up against the cage and threw that, like, 30-piece combo on him was the fucking – everybody's seen that. Everybody's seen that shit. Like, it's – Yeah. He well, just had his number. Well, this one was a Golden Boy production fight. Uh, De La Hoya actually claimed about 200,000 to 400,000 pay-per-view guys. <laughs> got, like, 39,000, um, didn't well, they? Yeah, it was, like, a tenth of that um, <laughs> tuned in. So, historically, non-UFC promotions have never really done well. Um, but looking back on some of the UFC fights between Liddell and Ortiz, um, yeah, UFC 47, Liddell wins by KO, 30 seconds in the second round. Mm-hmm. 
UFC 66, Odell won again by TKO at 359 into the third round. And then at the Golden Boy Promotions, Ortiz won by a knockout in the very first round. So it looked like, because, you know, Ortiz had still been in this. I don't think. Yeah, Ortiz has still been fighting some. Yeah, he's been so he's for, been having surgeries, been training, and getting himself where he needs to be, as opposed to just yeah, eating like, oh, Cheetos. Hey, I'm gonna get my ass whatever. up off the couch and uh, go fucking fight Ortiz. And no him. disrespect to Chuck Liddell, I mean, you have to find out one way or the other if you can do it again or not. But I just, I, I I've never liked Tito Ortiz, so for him to get that KO over him, I just. I don't know, man. I feel bad for the guy. Well, you wonder what Chuck's motivation is. If he needs the money or I mean, if he's just, like, fucking so bored that I don't, he, I don't think he needs know, the wants money. to get back in the, I'm, I'm well, In my opinion, well, the thing is, Dana's always said that he would take care of Chuck. And Chuck only netted a quarter of a million for that fight. So that's only going to get him so far with his lifestyle. I mean, he's used to living lavish. A quarter of a million doesn't go too far. And... Uh, Tito only got two hundred thousand for it, so neither one of them made all that much money for the fight. Uh, so I think they were just doing it to From fight what again. I hear that was the opposite. It, yeah, that's big, what I was gonna uh, say. They got a big giant cut. Well, on pay, all they released was the two hundred and fifty and two hundred. Really? Uh, that's what I was reading today about it. Well, it didn't get many pay per view looks, so I mean. I'd imagine, you know, if you look at it, even if they did get a big portion of whatever it was, um, that it wasn't going to be a big amount. It couldn't have been too much money. It couldn't have netted that much. There was only fucking, there wasn't even 40,000 buys. So if it's like $5 a buy, then, which is a good portion. Like, I don't, I don't know what they were contracted, but. I I thought it was 20 bucks for the pay-per-view and um, then they just split it three ways. So they would get That's about so they would get about six and some change a p six dollars and some change per buy, so forty thousand times six. So what? All right, two hundred and forty thousand another. So he doubled his money. So total, they didn't even make half a million dollars. I don't know. That's well, just not all that much. Like I was saying before, if it's not for the money, then it's got to be just for the love of the fight, you know, trucks. Man, I, I think been on that stage, walked out to the roar of the crowd. You know, felt incredible. Been in the gym for the last eight weeks. He's probably felt better than he has in years. Right. And just to get out there, um, get your name announced, have the crowd go wild, test yourself again. Well, that's I mean, right. the adrenaline and the and how I don't know. If you ask Chuck if he'd do it again, knowing that he's going to get knocked out, he'd probably still say, "Yeah, he fucking would." So yeah, probably. Or they. Or the whole plan was for Liddell to take a dive so we can all get rich. <laughs> nah, he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> hmm. Well, I just know that, in my opinion, yeah, Liddell should have never have took that fight. Because, like I said, Ortiz was ready. He's fresh. I mean, he, he, been, he kept going with it. Liddell, I mean, you can't just come up off the couch and fight some guy that's been doing this. A little bit longer than you have, even even though you used to whoop his ass back in the day, it's not like that anymore. Right. So, well, we got anything else on the UFC MMA? Did you guys any bold predictions, boys? Oh, well, anything we... gonna happen before the next time we talk? Well, there is one thing that I wanted to talk about, and then there, 
you said that there was a guy that was coming in to fight Alex Caceres. Who was that? Um, Kron Gracie. Kron Gracie just got signed. Yeah, huh? he signed with the UFC. He meets him in UFC 233. Okay. They're going to fight. Uh, what I want, Jimmy, I want your thoughts on uh, uh, Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler. I think Ben Askren will probably take him down and manhandle him. Ben Askren is, you know, just as good, if not better, than Khabib. Um, and yeah, I, it might not be too exciting, but he's just gonna put on a clinic. I don't think <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's always got a shot, you know, he's. Fuck yeah, he he's as tough as they come, but you're gonna have to take it from him. Yeah, how, how much? How much you gonna do off your back with this guy just stuck to you? So uh, yeah, I kind of see that one just going Astron's way. Okay, think it'll be a Khabib and Connor type fight. Yeah, honestly, I kind of do. Hmm. Well, boys, great first episode. This is The Heat of the Fight, presented by the Heated Waves Network on the Heated Waves Podcast. J-Mac, appreciate you doing this. Always, always fun to talk. Uh, we need to get together and do one on hockey as well and talk about how shitty the Blues are this year. Let's get that doing. J-Bones, I appreciate you uh, all the way from Australia. Always fun, boys. And I am T-Ball, once again. This is Heat of the Fight, presented by the Heated Waves Network on the Heated Waves Podcast. Appreciate all of you listeners out there. Tune in. Just to hit 6,000 listens as well, so thank you all very much for that. Yeah, we Keep up the good you. work. Thanks for listening. If you guys have any questions or concerns, let us know. Thanks, guys. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, just listening to your guys' podcast about uh, uh, MMA, UFC. And I I think it'd be a good idea to make fighters fight at their natural weight. Because when you're dehydrating, what's the real damage that they're doing when you're, you know, you know dehydrating and then hydrating? What's what's the impact of a, on a fighter and his lifespan or his lifestyle or whatever or his mental capacity you know, in the long run, I think that they should not just be testing weight, but testing hydration levels. That would be, make perfect sense and evens out fighters instead of someone's really trying to cut weight because they don't want to fight a bigger guy, you know, at their natural weight, but feel like they have an advantage for a lighter weight, though they could be, you know, barely fitting in. So, yeah, I, I like what you guys are talking about.